Hey guys, Danielle Harris here, Jamie Lloyd from Halloween, and you're listening to Horror Homeschool. Hello, welcome back to Horror Homeschool. I'm Chris. And I'm Ashley. How are you doing, Ashley? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fucking freezing, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that it's sucks. so cold here in the UK, and I can't afford to put my heating on. Like, the energy prices are so high here. Um, <sighs> like, I can't been... even afford to turn the heating on in my own home. I've been reading so, about that. Yeah, it's, it's dreadful. insane. It's absolutely dreadful. Um, so yeah, I'm just sat here freezing my ass off, and my hands are like ice. So, dude, I'm so sorry. If man. you if you hear like a chattering noise, um, <laughs> it's not a chatterer centibite from Hellraiser. It's just my teeth. So. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll I'll try but, and will some of this Texas heat to you right now. I'm just will the warm for me. <laughs> we need it. I'm all layered up. It's still um, hot as balls here. I wish it was hot as balls here. I've literally, I've got my um, Jedi robe on and I've got hood up and I look like a like a dungeon master or something, like a gremlin. Um, you are a gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but I am excited for this episode as it's our closing episode in our Good For Her season. Um, we're That's ending so it on a bit of a weird whimper with 2013 remake of Carrie um, and this is your spoiler warning as usual we will be discussing the movie in full spoiler detail I'm not sure why this disclaimer is necessary for a remake of a very famous movie from the 70s <laughs> but it's there anyway just in case and also we just put a blanket in- warning in the f- beginning yeah, we should we should get someone cool to record like a little thing at the start. You know, we put the intro Dude, in. Let's get like... Fieldmouse to do it because his voice is just balling. That's true. He'd do a really funny one as well. Like he yeah. do, he he does and really he could... good. Um, was it Kermit? And then he does a really good. Uh, what is that guy's name? The one that played the parrot. Um, on Aladdin. What was that guy? Uh, Gilbert Godfrey. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not heard any of Fieldmouse's impressions. Oh. You're privileged. <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> yeah, we should totally get him to do like a soundbite for us. And we need to get him to do one as well that says, this is a disclaimer. Uh, Chris and Ashley are not. Neither do they claim to be professional film critics. Uh, they're, they're just, just two, two idiots. <laughs> two, two idiots talking about what movies they've seen. And yeah, so if you're here for an intelligent um in-depth you know deep dive uh 
what's the word? I can't even string a sentence together. That's how <laughs> unintelligent I am. But basically, we're not like clever movie critics, so don't get in our case about that. We're not here to intelligently discuss the film in a, a thesis fashion. We're just here to say what we liked, what we didn't about a film. Um, if you want to listen, listen. If you don't, don't. Yeah. There's plenty of podcasts out there that you will yeah. probably like. <laughs> so with all that out of the way, let's talk about Carrie 2013. It's directed by Kimberly Pierce, and it's based on the book by Stephen King. Uh, the screenplay is by original writer Lawrence D. Cohen, and co-written this time with Roberto. Oh, I, I'm going to butcher this surname. Aguirre Sagasa, I think. I think that's how you pronounce it. Basically, this dude is the creator of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, oh. and also the producer of the Riverdale TV series. So he's the one that I need to go speak to about the ending of Sabrina. <laughs> well, listen, get in line, Ashley, because I have beef with this dude. Like, I would um, literally, if I ever saw him in real life, I would throw hands. I'd be like, what? Well, again, get in line, because I have beef about other things as well, which I'll get into in a moment. <laughs> okay. um, but he also did the 2014 remake of The Town That Dreaded Sundown, which I didn't even know existed. I didn't know that um, existed, no. I still need to check out the original, so I'll stick both of those on my list. Um, but yeah, I have a bone to pick with Roberto. So I'm not only am I frustrated about the way that the TV series ended, but I'm very frustrated about the chilling adventures of Sabrina comic. So it's one of my favourite of all time. Like, I absolutely adore that comic. I've read it so many times. But the series has ground to a halt. So first time this happened in 2016 with issue six. And there was a gap between uh, issue six and issue seven that was a year. So issue seven didn't come out till a year after issue six. And then it ground to a halt again with issue eight. So issue nine didn't come out until four years later in October oh last God. year. And since then... There's been no sign of issue 10. So it's been a year since then. And it's Rage. all because of Robert's TV work. So he's so preoccupied with his Riverdale stuff. Um, I thought he'd get back to it once he'd wrapped things up with Sabrina. You know, he did the TV series that ended in 2020. But no, he's still totally wrapped up in Riverdale. Um, obviously, <laughs> TV pays a lot more than comic books. So this is why. Um, yeah. I and watched the, the funny... Riverdale and like I liked it, but like from what I've been seeing lately, like it's totally gone off the rails. The same applies to Sabrina, doesn't it really? I mean yeah. it started off strong and then it's just totally gone off the rails. So guy doesn't know how to stick a landing, clearly. Well he's like it's even... like uh what's his face who created um, American Horror Story, like he starts off semi strong and then just it just fizzles. Because mm. like, but, yeah. I mean, I I liked Riverdale at the start, like, and I did I too. Of, yeah, I sort of stopped watching it. Um, but yeah, yeah me too. from what I've heard, it seems to have gone a bit wild. Yeah, like um, it's like supernatural now. Like people have powers. <laughs> people come back. You, you know, it needs dead. to channel. It needs to channel that energy that vibe into the sabrina comic i mean yeah (sighs) he needs to channel that vibe go back and redo the whole last season 
and come up with yeah. a better ending. Yeah. Well, you know what the thing is as well with that. The reason why that Sabrina went so south was because at that point he had no comics to base it on. Like that final season was completely made up. Like the until that point, like the rest of it was based on the comic. Like so. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm massively digressing. <laughs> I know. Like we could talk about how angry this makes I w- me. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to just say one more thing on this though. So I've actually talked to the artist of the comic, Robert Hack, a couple of times on Twitter and stuff about what's going on with the comic, you know. And he says that he's like ready to go with the next issue and he's just waiting on Robert. Like and he's just sat around like making sketches of Sabrina and like posting them on his Instagram. And it's just so frustrating because this art is so beautiful. And I'm just like, I need another book. Just give it to me. <laughs> so that, that's my beef with Robert anyway. Um, so if you're listening, if you're listening Robert, just, you know, get your priorities sorted, mate. Just just get back on the Sabrina book. Um, as for Carrie, so this is the synopsis. A shy girl outcasted by her peers and sheltered by her religious mother unleashes telekinetic terror on her small town after being pushed too far at her senior prom. Do you have some trivia for us, Ashley? So uh, the first, this is the first screen ab- adaptation that it, that Carrie is actually played by a teenager. Uh, mm. Chloe Grace Moretz was under 18 at this time. She was. She was 15, I think, when she filmed this. Yeah. Um, in the scene where Billy kisses the sledgehammer at the pig farm before mm. he, oh, I hate that. Yeah. Ugh. It's terrible. Anyways, that, oh, that scene was bad, man. But he got sick because the actual sledgehammer had pig poop on it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. That serves him right. The pig slaughter. I mean, I know he didn't actually do that in real know, life. Still. still. <laughs> um, um, so in. Each adaptation, the 1970, um, was it 1976? Is it 76? Yeah. Okay. So 1976, the 1976 version, the 2002 version, and this version all have Carrie inside destroying everything, um, from the inside out. But in the book, she actually goes outside before she starts destroying everything. Yeah. Um, I watched, like, I like literally sat down today and watched all the Blu-ray extras of this version and the 1976 version. And um, it actually went into the TV movie as well. And um, it that's the one like mo- most accurate to the book. Mm. Um, I mean, it doesn't look great, but I am intrigued now. I will watch it at some point. Yeah, like, me too. Um, Catherine Isabel's in it. Um yeah, it it just it looks like a really strange, like obviously low budget TV thing, but it's not like linear like these ones are. Like it's um it's got flashbacks in. It's basically set like in a police station, and it's um what's the bully's name? It's not Sue because that's Chris. a nice girl, isn't it? It's Chris. So it's basically like her getting interrogated, and then like it's like retelling from that point of view like and apparently that's what the book's like it's all about like police reports and it's told within like the perspective of like third person um so that that movie uh, is actually the closest adaptation like closest representation to the book um even though it is obviously critically panned out of yeah. all three 
much. So Chloe Grace Moretz didn't watch any of the movies. She hadn't seen any of the carries at all. So she wanted to come in fresh so she could come up with her own like version of Carrie. Interesting. I don't think I don't think that paid off in this. I don't think it did <laughs> either, instance. to be honest. I mean you do want someone to make it their own, but at the same time they need to get them subtleties like she yeah. she wasn't the same character. Do you know what I mean? Um Yeah. yeah. I wonder um oh, she probably didn't read the book then. If she didn't if she didn't watch no, the movie, she's she sure as hell didn't read the yeah. book. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Stephen King really didn't have anything to do with this movie. The producers talked to him about it a little bit, but most mostly he was just like not into this movie. He didn't like it. He yeah. was just like, "Why are we making another version whenever the original is perfect?" My yeah sentiments exactly. And he even admitted the movie was actually better than his book, and I don't think yeah. he's ever done that before. No. Yeah. yeah. So as far as he was concerned, you know, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Why bother? He um, also like humorously said, like, oh, you know who should play Margaret White in the remake? Sissy Spacek. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I thought would have been kind of cool. I was like, oh, that, I would have yeah. been down for that. That totally would have been cool. Uh, she would have done a better job, in my opinion. <laughs> I love Julian. I'll get into it, but um, <laughs> A thousand gallons of blood with yes. 50 tests. Yeah. says she was basically covered in blood for three months straight. It's crazy. That is a great scene, though. I, I thought they nailed that. Like, oh, yeah. It, that's... It, the blood dunk, it paid off all that. Yeah. Um, to prepare for the role, the director sent Chloe Grace Moretz to a homeless shelter to show her that they're, like people who actually have a hard life. And I was like... It's like uh, such a weird, <laughs> weird thing to do. I don't know. Like, here you go, you little spoiled child. And it, in order to play this, I'm just going to go you, you go hang out with some homeless people. Like, all right, cool. I mean, yeah, but it is it is good in a way because like, like, yeah, I mean, obviously she's obviously had a completely different um, upbringing than this character has had you know she's not had it tough she's probably not been bullied throughout high school and stuff like that um so she needed some sort of perspective is that the right word to use like, yeah but it's like it's like it's a wrong kind of perspective yeah i was gonna say it's it's like go it's like basically having her watch them like they're animals like in a zoo just to like <laughs> observe their study them yes yeah, study yeah. them um Lindsay Lohan was actually um, considered for the role since, uh, well, actually, Stephen King was like, hey, you should have Lindsay Lohan do it because she looks so much like Sissy Spacek, you know, because she's ginger. Mm. Which That would have been a whole different movie, wouldn't it? A whole different movie. And and the funny thing is, like, when I was reading that, I was like, oh, that's weird, because I was watching um, The Parent Trap last night with Lindsay Lohan, and I was thinking about, like, how actually terrible of an actress that she is. <laughs> yeah, she's not good, is she? <laughs> and and then I just I mean I feel I feel sad for her because she she had it rough, but you know, um yeah, I was just like, well, when I was a kid I was like, oh I like Lindsay Hollihan. Now I'm just like, wow, she yeah, she's not a great actress. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
And my last little bit was just that Stephen King didn't like it. He just didn't at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that figures. Yeah. That's about it. Just Okay. Not, there wasn't really anything, like, cool or, like... There was no PJ Souls getting her eardrum burst in there. Exactly, you know. <laughs> no, the other one is just, like, has so much trivia. It's just, like, bursting at the seams, you know. It's crazy. Um I mean, they what I saw on like some of the extras that they did actually put a lot of work into getting the visual effects done. Like that was pretty cool what they did. I mean, although looking at it now, it doesn't quite hold up, you know, no. like the CGI and stuff like that. But there was actually a lot of work like put into that side of this movie. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get into it now then. So. What are your initial thoughts on this, Ashley? Um, it, this isn't your first time viewing, no? Mm-mm, no. Um, second? I've, it must be a second, right? Yeah, it's like, I really think like... it's my second or third, yeah. I guess just, I don't, in my opinion, it just didn't need to be made, remade. Yeah. Because the original is just so perfect. And I, I know that this one was trying to live up to that, and it just didn't. <laughs> Yeah. Um my initial thoughts are I remember enjoying this a lot more than I did on this watch. Mm-hmm. Like um I remember I remember it being like a lot better, but I think at the time when I watched it I hadn't seen that many horror films. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Maybe I was a bit I mean this was 2013 so it wasn't even that long ago, but I just remember thinking it was a lot better. Yeah, on this viewing like it didn't hold up as much for me, but I still enjoyed it. Like, I think it works as a good standalone horror movie and as a remake. Like, it does a good job of, like, revitalizing the property, reintroducing Carrie to, like, a modern audience. And it's technically, like, a good, entertaining movie. You know, for people that have no prior relations to the original movie, and it's, you know, it's a new generation of kids, like, this is a good it's a good starting point. It's a good remake, in my opinion. You know, it looks good. It sounds good. It's got good acting, good special effects. And it's a good adaptation of that story. I mean, of course, it's never going to live up to that classic. But I don't think it was trying to. Like, I don't think that was the intention. Like, it's made to sort of stand on its own two feet, be its own body of work. It's adapting from the book, like the original movie did. You know, it's not a remake of the original movie. It's a movie based on the book, but for a second time, because it's the same screenwriter that's come back, you know, but -hmm. this time it's done 37 years later. And this time he's collaborated with the Chilling Adventures dude, you know. So it's a labor of love. You know, everyone involved in this that I've seen loves the book, loves the movie. And you can tell that, I think. Like, if you try and, like, compare it to the first, obviously... You can't because it's it's nowhere near as good. But I think it does a good job of like paying homage to the original film whilst introducing it to a new audience that's probably never heard of it. So in that aspect, I think it works. Um, um I don't agree, but <laughs> go on but then. Why don't you agree? I don't I just I don't think that I don't think the acting's good. I don't think um I think this just like everything about it was just really just bad. I didn't like the CGI. Wow. I didn't like any of it. I don't like the way that Chloe Grace Moretz acted in it. I just 
Like it just the whole movie. I, it took me like two or three times to get through the whole movie this past time, just because I was like, this is really boring. So I'd stop it and go do something is, else. Is that why you said that it was a tough watch or something? Yeah. Because you, oh, right. Because I, I thought you were like, oh, this is triggering. Like it's. Well, and it did have some triggering stuff in it too, which kind of adds to it. So I was just like, ugh. It was mm. just like, some stuff can be triggering, but if it's like a good movie or if it's entertaining, like mm. you can kind of get past it. But if it's triggering and not like a great movie, <laughs> yeah, whatever. So, the, so there was nothing here for you to grab onto. I mean, I did like, you know, there were certain scenes that I thought looked cool and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, there wasn't really anything, anything okay. at all for me. <laughs> well, I guess highlights will go past pretty quick then. What? <laughs> Do you have any, or should I just go on my highlights? Um, so, I mean, I like the blood scene. I think that scene was really cool, and I like, you know, I think she did a pretty good job in, like, with her facial expressions. Because um, mm. I think she's a good actress. Like, I don't think she's terrible by any means. I've seen her in tons of stuff. But what you were saying earlier about how, like, maybe she should have watched it, so she could have just taken a little tiny piece yeah. of of that. And I know that, like... It's more based off of the book, so and I haven't read the book, so I can't really give too much about like certain stuff. But um, I don't know. I just feel like she well, needed to pick up more on the character. I think. Yeah, I think that's what yeah. it was because it was like there was really no like it was just from like her being like scared to all of a sudden her having power, and it was like there yeah. was really no like like a gentle in between where you're kind of like learning and like you know testing and it was like she just kind of like jumped into it which is fine but it just didn't it didn't run very smooth for me in my head yeah no I I see what you're saying there totally I mean I guess I'm a bit blinded by Chloe Grace Moretz because obviously I've got a big thing for her like I think she's great you know she's a great actor you know like and she's underrated you know she's often overlooked I think like I think she is too yeah I mean like I said she's so good I love her in, in a lot of things. And it's just like in this, like, I'm not sure if, if I just wasn't, I wasn't really feeling that mousy, like sheltered kid vibe. Yeah. You know, and it's I funny, know those vibes. You should, <laughs> like, you should like use I the know word those sheltered. Vibes. I can Because obviously on. it's mentioned, mentioned here that she was homeschooled. Yeah. It says uh, the state stopped you from being homeschooled, which is that a thing? Can the state stop someone from being homeschooled? You know, like, no, I'm I'm not sure. What are the reasons? On, what are the grounds for that? I don't I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's a real thing. I, I guess maybe I should look mm. into it because, like, you know, we did like, um, what I guess we call standardized testing here, but like, my mom would just have us do these tests, and then she would like send them in or something i guess it's just like to make sure that oh shoot do you hear that i think you're you yeah, buzzing a bit is it a wire yeah hold on sorry there we go must be a loose wire i think okay better i think this is yeah that that's fine i think this is where my um my rigging comes in better because everything's suspended above me you know what i mean i'm not i'm not i'm not touching anything so it's eventually all, i'll, I'll zero have gravity a better area <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like I said, I just didn't get, like, I got more of a, just like a scared vibe. It wasn't very like, 
I don't know. She, I yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. She didn't give off the the traumatized, beaten down victim of bullying vibe, like Sissy Spacek did. Like you felt her pain. Like you knew right. exactly the place that she was coming from. You know, yeah. she was she was abused, and she and and you felt the ramifications of that. You were that right there with her. Um, but yeah, now, now I'm talking through it with you. Like I can see, I can see that, that, you know, obviously, I mean, that's one of the things that I've got in my low light is obviously the casting. I mean, choosing her for Carrie was terrible casting because she would not be that character. She would be one of the mean girls, essentially. No, she would be a popular kid because she's, She's pretty. I mean, she's she's prettier than most of the mean girls in this movie. <laughs> like, I mean, she's it's not... definitely prettier than the main villain. I mean, yeah. I did read, though, that they did make her up. Because I was like, why? You know, she's like overly tan in her... I was like, I hated that, like, trend in the mid-2000s whenever, <laughs> like, like, nude lipstick and, like, over tanning and, like... Yeah, to, to the point of almost being a different race. Yes. So, like, I didn't, um, I didn't care for her look, but then it's she's supposed to look like that, though. She's supposed to to look like that because she's so insecure. Um, But you know, like, she, it's just, it, yeah, she was just not like, like, Sissy Spacek is gorgeous, but she had like a very unique look to her. She she could be on that verge almost of of being weird looking and and, oh, and I'm yeah. not saying that in a yeah. mean way I'm just saying like in a, in a generalized yeah you, know, you could imagine her the the kid that that got bullied but with with Chloe you it's it's difficult to imagine that you you struggle to you know on any stretch of the imagination that probably wouldn't happen I'm not saying that good looking people don't get bullied because of course that happens yeah but. In this case, like not only was it physicality, uh, f- physically the wrong casting, but I think acting-wise too, it was the wrong casting. I think the majority of the casting was wrong, to be honest. Oh yeah, me too. Like, um, my fir- very first note was I love Julianne Moore, but I think it was a weird choice for the mom. Yeah, because agreed. again, Julianne Moore, very stunning, very. I mean, she does kind of have like an angelic look to her, you know. If you if you kind of think about it, like very kind of almost um, saint like. Yes. Yeah. So I could kind of see it, but like at the same time, like she, um, I don't know. I mean, I like I said, I like her a lot. I've seen you know other movies with her in it, and I think she's really good. But it's just it was just a weird, it's just a weird cast. I think I think that's yeah. what it was. Um, I I agree with that definitely, um, and as well like the gym teacher, they had um, oh Judy Greer, yeah, <laughs> yeah the girl that's in the new Halloween movies like as the mom, like, yeah, and didn't work at all for me. Like I didn't. She yeah. seemed like more of a student. Like the way she was even talking to the students, it was like she was a friend to them, like one of their peers. The way she yeah. was like, addressing them, she didn't give off like you know superior vibes like teacher vibes you know super it's just it didn't work yeah and and i like her too i've seen her in like 
funnier stuff, you know? She's in Sunny, it's always Sunny in Philadelphia, you know, and stuff like that. But, like, I feel like she's just too com- um, comedic, is that the word? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And she, she was in like Arrested like... Development, you know, she's in all these comedies. And I just even in Halloween, I feel like she's out of place. Yeah, I don't like her in that at all. Like, I don't know if it's her voice or what, but it's just like something about her that just. She just keeps getting cast in the wrong role, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I mean. <laughs> she's not a bad actor at all, but like she just seems to right. be the wrong character in all these films she's in. Um, and this was no exception. And like I say, like yeah. I feel like the majority of the casting was off, completely off. You know, um, I'm trying to think. Let's go back to some good stuff then. Oh <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, I agree with what you're saying about how like Carrie being introduced. You know, I think it, this is a good introduction movie. Like I was talking to my friend yesterday, who pretty much before. Um, 2018 like she does she's not well versed in it and uh, I was telling her about this movie I was like we can watch it if you want to she doesn't really like horror films too much but I was like it's not too scary you know like the more the horror of the actual movie is the mom being it's it's funny you mentioned that part though because like I thought that part w- w- wasn't as horrific in this compared to the original the original is like genuinely scary with that element in this one it's almost like pretty light on that part like obviously oh, they on the religious still have part? yeah the religious stuff in there but yeah no she's, she's definitely not as way more of a sympathetic character in this like e- and even like the um you know the self-harm stuff like that's like yeah. really ramped up in this yeah and like that makes her even more of a sympathetic character so like you aren't even like you're not scared of her in this. I wasn't anyway. Like, but no, original, she's terrifying. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> the the horror element in the remake is a lot more conventional, and it's like it is the the action part at the end. It's the telekinetic thing, you know. Like, that's the horror in this. Like, Carrie is the horror in the original. Like, the Carrie's almost the, the hero. She she was the villain, you know. So, yeah. It's a lot more different in that, on that element. Sorry, what were you saying? You were you were saying you were gonna show your friend this? Oh no, yeah, I was just telling her like you know it's not super scary or whatever. You know, the scary part is the religious, religious trauma, and um, we didn't end up getting to watch it. She had to go home, but um, I think you know like this kind of movie is is a good introduction horror film because it's not super scary and it's only like the last 10 minutes that really just show blood and stuff like that everything else is just like kind of suspenseful yeah and i think the reason why i said like it was it's a good like it's a good remake because like you know the original is from the 70s so of course like to the the newer generation even to like our generation it does look dated and if, like, you know, you're someone like your friend who, like, you said she doesn't really watch, like, old films and stuff like that. So there's a lot of people that are, like, geared to, you know, watching modern stuff. And they would look at a movie from the 70s and not even entertain that. So if yeah. they're, they consume modern day looking stuff, then this is a good a good point to jump on with this movie. Because, you know, it tells the story of Carrie, which is a fantastic story. 
Yeah. And I don't think and, it does a bad job of it. Oh, and I totally agree with that. And that's the thing. It's it's funny because it is like a total it, it sounds very like um contradictory, but like because I have seen the original, because I that I saw the original before the new one, because I was like really, you know, invested in the original. I think that's why I have an issue with the newer one. I think if yeah, I, exactly. If yeah, I would have went and yeah. seen this one first, you would have been like, "Oh, this is boring." <laughs> yeah, like I think I would have liked it. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, just because it's only because we know better, <laughs> right? And thanks to horror homeschool, I know a lot more about. Horror. <laughs> <laughs> that's something else I need to put as a disclaimer. Like, obviously, the title of this podcast is misleading. I mean, it's meant to be used a bit of a tongue in cheek kind of way you know horror homeschool like obviously we're telling you facts about the movie and that but i don't for one second think that i'm the oracle and i'm gonna school everybody on everything to do with this movie absolutely not i probably oh, get yeah. things wrong no. on every episode you know <laughs> like but um yeah so but anyway but the story on this one i thought was really well done because it added stuff to it and changed stuff like Obviously, it does a great job in, like, modernizing it. And, like, Mm -hmm. it actually adds to, like, the tragedy. Yeah. It just ramps it up. Um, That's what I was thinking, too. You know, that's what I I totally, yeah. Yeah. And and it also, like, there's less, like, male gaze in this one to the original. Like, there's less nudity. In fact, I don't think there's any. There's no, yeah, there's none. There's, There's no, like, erotic suggestion in this, like... So it does away with all that. I mean, obviously, having a female director, that's probably a big factor in this. You know? <laughs> yeah. I also saw that the director, aside from being a huge fan of the book and the original movie, she is a nerd. She was a misfit in school. She was bullied. So she's pulling on personal mm. experiences there. I just think she got the casting completely wrong. You know? Yeah. I think all the elements were there, but... <sighs> Just, just the, 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 pick the, the wrong thing. Like, how, what did I write? I wrote something. Um, I wrote, so thankful I didn't go to public school, especially with what I know about myself now. And I feel like I probably would have followed a really dark path because, I mean, I'm already so sensitive as it is. I think, like, if I had gone to public school, I was already bullied, you know, by church kids. I couldn't even imagine. Like, <laughs> and they're the nice kids, apparently. <laughs> what would have happened if I went to public school? Just like ooh. love thy neighbor. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. School's tough, man. Like it really is. I, I obviously I've I've spoke about it before. Like we got pretty fucking personal on the last episode. Like I, you know, we we finished recording that, and I just thought back on on it, and I was like, damn, like we got pretty fucking personal on that. Like I kind of feel like I need to edit some of it because it was a bit too personal. <laughs> I don't know, but I think that's why people people will like to listen to us because we are completely we lay it all out there. We don't, you know, hold anything in. We are pretty personal about what we talk about on the pod. Yeah. And I think for that reason, you know, I'll leave it in. But yeah, we, we do you know, I, I've obviously experienced bullying so in in what you call like a public school. Um and it's rough, man. It really is. It's, it's just, fucking rough. It's always like blown my mind thinking about like, you know, a basic school probably has, you know, 
400 kids or whatever, let's just say. And then each, and there's what, maybe, how many teachers are even in a school? I don't even know. Uh, oh God, it, it all depends on how many kids are in there, I guess. Uh, so I'm just saying, <laughs> I guess like, we must have had about, I don't know, 25 teachers, something, something like, like that. Like, there's definitely a, a lower amount of teachers compared to the amount of students. And it's like just crazy to me that you just like let your child go to this free for all place where like <laughs> they're not really I mean they're supervised to a certain extent, but you know Oh yeah. Shit happens. Oh Shit from happens. what I've heard from yeah. friends, from you, from people in general, I'm just like, that is so horrifying. And yeah. then now these days, like, you know, on there like she recorded it on her phone and then posted it for everybody to see. And it's just like, that just amplifies it. It's one thing to have to live with those memories, but it's another thing to have like physical evidence, like footage of that trauma. And, and, you know, it probably resurfaces every couple years and you're just like, Oh my God. You know, oh, definitely. Because, like, horrible. that shit will never go away. I mean, that's one thing about this movie that has aged really well. That is very relevant still. You know, mm-hmm. like, that was obviously in the early days of, like, YouTube and recording on cell phones and stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. this happens, like, more now than ever. Oh, you know, for and, like, sure. And you can, you can delete something off YouTube, sure. But people screen record. People oh, post, all the they're time. Out, they're out there forever. Once that thing is out there, that is it. You can never get rid of it. And I count my lucky stars that I didn't go to school in this day and age and you know I'm always keeping tabs on my son like to see how he is what's going on like if he's okay you know because it is terrifying to think of the day and age that we live in now where that kind of shit is happening on a daily basis you know I just I just don't get like how kids can be so mean like I just I I was not a mean kid, and I mean, yeah, I wasn't like as social as everybody else, um, whatever. But I just I don't I can't fathom that idea. You're a product of your environment. I, it all, I see it all that, comes but I'm down just like, that. is there really? And I guess yeah, there is. Like parents, there are really just terrible parents out there. Oh yeah, and they raise terrible children who yeah. then raise terrible children, and it's just like God. But not only that, but because kids are now exposed to the internet and they have everything at their fingertips instantly, and they're like sponges anyway, so they will absorb anything that they come across. And if they just take an interest in something that's like, you know, bad, then that will become their persona. You know, it's like, yeah. so it, it Some, happens and it's scary to think about. Yeah. Something else I wanted to touch on was. And it's still from, like, my previous statements is just, like, growing up as a female in in the Christian community, like, you are instantly, instantly a sinner, immoral, evil, you know, disgusting, because you're just a female. And, And it's, like, it's so terrible. And that's, like, the whole thing that she, that the mom just, like, was trying to feed into her like you because you're a girl you are horrible you're a demon yeah the I devil mean, i think and... the, the the title in one of the books was sins of women wasn't it 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like what like how is that a thing like why does your gender define that you're a sinner like why I, is I that don't even- know <laughs> and it's it's crazy because like I mean if you show your dirty pillows you're a sinner <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just it's just such a wild concept to ban a whole quote-unquote gender into like being evil and I'm just like (laughs) and you're just you're always you're always told that you're a stumbling block or you um I don't know you're a tease or whatever it's just like so it's just (laughs) you're a distraction yes you're a distraction you like don't wear shorts don't wear anything that's too low cut or too tight or anything because of other people not you know don't it's not because when like, really that's their problem. Exactly. <laughs> that is their fucking problem. <laughs> I've been dealing a lot with like that kind of stuff lately, just coming up and like realizing I, I think I touched a little bit about this on on the last episode, but just realizing that like what I thought like I I guess how do I explain it? Um dealing with low self-esteem. And I will always wonder, I'm like, you know, my parents, you know, they loved me and they told me that I was beautiful and like, you know, they don't like I wasn't ever told I was ugly by anybody in my family or anything like that. But I've grown up with such a complex because I'm just like it's because I was told being a woman's evil from everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was just constant, constant, constant. So that's where my body shame comes from is because I'm like I'm ashamed that I was born, you know, quote unquote, female gender or whatever, the gender of female. Yeah. Or, and it's just like super frustrating. And I'm like, okay, that's where it comes from. Because I always like my whole life, I've always like, I don't understand why I keep thinking like this. You know, like yeah. I, I've i had, you know, attractive boyfriends or whatever. I've had attractive people be, you know, into me. Like, why can't I get past my whatever and and recently i've realized it's because of that it's because yeah. you're just always feeling like a you're not it's, good enough and b you're just like this vessel of of like immorality sin. you know what's really interesting like listening to you talk about that is without getting too deep into it but i am the complete opposite of that so I did get body shamed by parents and peers. I was bullied. I I got abused from all angles. Um, but I found validation once I got attention off, off the opposite member of sex. And that's when I became confident. So isn't that funny? Like, Well, I mean, I was <laughs> the definitely... I have definitely was bullied for the way I look I mean I've always been a chunky chunk and you know stuff like that and being Mexican I have dark arm hair and stupid stuff like that and you know that stuff did stick with me for a long time or you know being told I need to get on go on a diet or whatever but like that's just like you know it's like you like as soon as like people start paying attention to me and I'm like okay maybe not but then I just start feeling super guilty and super just unattractive. And I'm like, oh, where that's, is the, this that's the Christian guilt. 
Yes. And that's what I'm saying is like, I, I, it's like, I can't, I can't feel any type of joy or happiness without it instantly being ruined by the fact that, you know, I should feel guilt instead. And I do. And it's just like, so these, these, like I said earlier, like this movie is triggering and the fact that it's not good just was like, put me in a, just a sour mood. I mean, it's not that it's bad. It's just, like I said, I have such a love for the original that that's stuck in my head and, and all that stuff. So yeah. I, I, I let this one off a lot, uh, for a few different reasons. Um, but I've, I've got a note here also that says about the, um, the water cooler glass breaking, you know, that scene when she's in oh, the yeah, office. Yeah, that bugs me. Why is it glass? In the, in the original, well, I, I don't know about this. I mean, usually they're, they're big plastic water bottles, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's glass in the, at this instance. That's very unsafe in a school anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> health and safety have a field day here. Um, but, uh, yeah, because obviously in the original, it's, a, it's an ashtray. And obviously they can't have the principal smoking in this. <laughs> so yeah, it had to be something else. Uh, different type of glass I guess but the way that this glass just spontaneously just burst obviously this happens in real life it happens all the time you know glass just expands and just spontaneously combusts so obviously that's not they would have just been like oh it's just nothing to do with Carrie it's just a thing that's happened and it triggered a memory in me where this actually happened to me in a restaurant once (laughs) I was just sat there with a friend we were eating some dinner and the table next to us was a couple of girls. Um, we're in London, actually. It was me and Jay. And um, I was chatting away. And then all of a sudden, one of the, these girls' drink on the other table just completely just exploded and shattered into like a million pieces. And glass just went everywhere. It was the a drink ghost. went everywhere. Like, honestly, we're all just sat completely still. And this glass just exploded. And, and everyone just crazy. like what the fuck just happened like and the restaurant was just like oh we'll move you to this other table and like cleared it all up and that and it was just so bizarre because obviously it must you know it's something to do with science in it it's something to do with ice in the drink like it hits a certain spot that's like weaker than the i don't know (laughs) an imperfection in the glass whatever but it just reminded me of that bizarre instance that is very bizarre (laughs) Um, I do want to say one of the good things I think I did like about this movie was the soundtrack. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, you you know why? You know why the score was good in this as well? Because it's by Marco Beltrami. Does that name ring a bell? It does ring a bell. Scream. I was going to say, is it Scream? <laughs> yeah, that's why it sounded so good, because it was it Marco a, Beltrami. It has the, one of my favorite songs of all time in it. It's called Young Blood" by The Naked and Famous, and it's in the scene where... Her and um, Tommy are getting out of the limousine and walking into the into the prom. Oh right. Well, as far as the soundtrack goes, like I didn't really pick up on any songs. <laughs> I like the score, but obviously the the soundtrack was kind of like I didn't know I didn't recognize any of the songs. I was wasn't. heavily into that weird like 2009 to 2014. I don't know indie like. A revival yeah. of like the British pop indie band. Oh, no. type I-, I was in a completely baloney. different place at that point. <laughs> I, it was like the um, 
oh, geez, like wearing like a knit beanie and like some girls wore like scarves and big glasses and stuff like that. Long was that, okay. hey, that was like it. post MySpace though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um it's funny though, because um Abby came in and watched this and uh the scene when they go into the prom. She was like bopping along to whatever that song was. She was like singing to it. I don't know what it was, but she was like into it. Um, so I've also got a note here that says that I liked the fact that like Carrie was more empowered by a telekinesis in this. Like mm-hmm. she seemed into it. Like it didn't scare her. She like got into it pretty quickly. She thrived um, off of that power. Yeah, she was into it. There was obviously that really cringy, like, Matilda scene with the books. You just felt like that music was going to start playing. (laughs) (laughs) It's like it was a bit... You can never watch anything with telekinesis in books and not think of Matilda. (laughs) They should have picked something else to float in the air. Um, And, yeah, as well, like, like, obviously the telekinesis thing was, like a lot different in this like i've got this in the negatives like she was pretty much like an x-man in this like she had mm-hmm. like proper superpowers like she can fly she's got heat yeah. vision like what like what was that about i didn't like that. <laughs> when didn't she like was that like you're you're gonna have a girl is that what you're talking about in, in um well she obviously she flew at the end yeah, I didn't like that. I hated that. And then when she, the part where she, I said she got heat vision is obviously when she like did the lock and like seized the lock like shut. Oh, I was thinking like, about the part where she's going to Sue and she's like, oh, it's a girl. And then, you know, Sue's pregnant. I was like, I guess you could probably just like pick up on the vibe of the baby or something. Oh, I don't know. I missed that part. That's, what? that's another, that's another negative as well. Like what the hell? She predicted the sex. Yeah. Oh, they must Stupid. have cut that in my version. <laughs> yeah, it was, she's it like... was actually um, on the uh, the subject of uh, Sue's pregnancy. There was actually an alternate ending, which I think would have been like way better. It's like super campy and ridiculous, but I think it's better than the grave cracking, which I'm not a big fan of. Mm-mm. So Sue, um, there's a scene of Sue giving birth, and <laughs> when she's giving birth a hand pops out, like Carrie's bloody hand pops out of her. <laughs> Which is just like what? Rid- ridiculous and like horrifying but campy. Um, but I quite like that because it mirrors, it bookends the opening scene of her mother giving birth to Carrie. Oh yeah, that would have been... It would have made more sense than just like a grave cracking. It was kind of lame that. Yeah, that was um, super lame. And, you know, in the original, obviously, there's the bookend of um, her in the shower, having the period blood come, and then obviously at the end with the blood doused on her at prom. Um, And and then she goes into the bath, and she's washing the blood off in the bath. (sighs) That was the bookends in in the original. I hate the bath scenes, man. Those are just... Did you notice in this one as well, again, she had a bath. But the yes. soap wasn't even in the bath. The soap was like sat on the other side of the room. I was like, how is she getting clean? And Abby was like, why didn't she have a shower? She's clearly yeah. got a shower on that bath. Yeah, exactly. And then I said, well, like if you, if you have to take a bath because you working. have a shower, I get it. But take a <laughs> shower. Because we, we have a shower and a bath, but our shower doesn't work and, and we can't use it because basically if we use our shower, um, 
the the bath isn't sealed around the the wall, oh. so like the water goes down and basically <gasps> creates like a waterfall in our living room if anyone turns a shower on. So oh my God. I was like, maybe that's what's happening. Maybe our shower's not working. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have well, a shower and a bath too. I have a big garden tub. What else have we got here? Oh yeah, I also liked in this one how it focused more on like Sue's like true motivations. Like yeah, you know what? I get did more like of that. that too because you could definitely tell that she like had true remorse. Yeah. Like she it was felt... truly just I can't believe I did that. Yeah. Um, and she really I... felt for it and it followed yeah. her journey like as opposed right. to it kind of comes out of the blue in the original where it's like, "Oh, this girl's doing that." Okay, that's Yeah, exactly, that's a bit but weird. You, you literally see it from the beginning like at the you know, she's like, "Oh, what am I doing? Like, who am I?" And it yeah. really just makes her question everything. And I really like, I did like that, yeah. Yeah, I thought she was a good character. I thought she was, like, way more fleshed out in this. Um, and it was, like, fun to follow her journey. Um, I've also got a note here about that opening scene with her mother, like, randomly giving birth in her bedroom <laughs> to Carrie. I really don't like that scene at all. It's very odd for many reasons. Like, what are the circumstances around this? Like, first of all, she doesn't look pregnant and she mm-hmm. looks like she doesn't know that she's pregnant and mm-hmm. she doesn't know what's happening to her. Like mm-hmm. I, I've been writhing around on my bed like that when I've had toothache and it's not nice. You know, you're just like, ah, fucking hell, what is this pain? Like, And she looked like she had toothache or something. She didn't know what was going on. So she, she wasn't showing, she wasn't pregnant. She didn't look pregnant, but she just randomly had this baby. So I thought, oh, right. Are they implying like, Carrie is an immaculate conception in this. Okay, fair enough. But then at the end, mm-hmm. it's basically line for line the same dialogue that mm-hmm. Carrie's mom says in original, where like, oh, she, you know, basically is, is is ashamed of having sex with Carrie's father. And so it is so it is like disclosed that she had intercourse to have Carrie. So like what? What was the point in all of that at the start where it was like, oh, she's not even got a pregnant belly and stuff and she doesn't know she's pregnant. Like, that was weird for me. Yeah, was like, that what? was weird. It, it didn't work. And then, obviously, when Carrie eventually pops out, baby Carrie, and then her mother tries to kill her with a knife and Carrie just, like, stops her with her telekinesis as a baby. Like, so it's implying that she's had these powers. Oh, that's what it was implying? And... That she's not had them, she's not developed them at puberty. She's had them since. Well, birth. I just assumed that the mom didn't want to kill her. I didn't realize that it was supposed to be uh, telekinesis. Weird. Oh, see, I got that from like the music as well, like that happened. Like as soon as she put the knife down to kill her, or scissors, whatever it was, it was almost like, you know, cat, baby Carrie put her hands out and stopped, <laughs> stopped this oh, from happening. Huh. <laughs> because at the end, where, you know, Carrie is like, killing her mom or whatever it's the same thing like where she's trying to stab her and she puts her hands up to stop her and yeah and like telekinesis so i thought that was mirroring that but that was a bit of a mess that whole thing yeah um oh and as well i got a note here that says the statue is actually christ in this one yeah not, yeah i was gonna say that Sebastian. too um that scene where the mum gets impaled is nowhere near as good uh <sighs> And the house is just like so bland. I mean, obviously that's oh, what we're and for. Kevin was like, "Why does that house sound like a dinosaur?" <laughs> the house. 
the house breaking sounded like a dinosaur, like a, oh, yeah. like I don't know. It just was like making all these creaks and roars, and I was just like, what? <laughs> so I've got a thing here about that. So obviously, at the end, the house comes apart, like in the original, and it's also the same in the original where rocks rain from the sky mm-hmm. crashing through the house. So I didn't actually know this until I watched all the special features today for the original carry. But in the original, you can actually see rocks coming through the ceiling from, the, you know, from the inside of the house. And that's why the house is breaking apart. It's raining rocks. So, you know, and we were like, well, what's happening here is Carrie like bringing the house down. But so that was the original intention in the original movie. They originally filmed, I said original so many times. <laughs> so they originally filmed an alternate opening scene. Um, which was intended to be the proper opening, where, where Carrie is a kid, and it's actually played by Sissy Spacex. She just like, it, you know, is depicted as a child. Uh, fun fact: she's actually wearing the sailor dress that she wore in her audition in this scene. Oh, weird. Um, so it's Carrie as a kid, and she's looking over the fence at her neighbor who is like sunbathing, and she's not wearing much and. Carrie goes over to her neighbor and points at her breasts and says, what are those? Like, are those your dirty pillows or something? <laughs> and uh, and the neighbor's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? But And then it gets broken up by Carrie's mum. And she brings her in as like a bit of a scene. And then she gets upset and makes it rain rocks. But they ended up cutting that from the movie because apparently the rocks didn't look like rocks. It just looked like rain. Um, so they cut it completely from the film, but they'd already shot the ending where the house got torn down by rocks at the end. So it was intended that obviously, you know, if, when she gets upset, whatever, she can make it rain rocks. <laughs> um, so, but they'd already shot it, like I said, so it didn't look, it didn't look right because they hadn't done the exterior. So the so Brian De Palma was just like, all right, just set the house on fire. So that's why it ended up getting set on fire as well. So Interesting. <laughs> it was all just like a wing and a prayer. Just finish this movie somewhere. But in the original, you can actually see the rocks coming through the house. So that's why it happened in this. But what I can't understand is they had the technology and the time to do that original opening in this to make that raining rock scene make sense at the end. So why did they include it in this? They just did the same thing again and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, whatever. there's a lot about this that makes sense. Uh, let's have a look on my lowlights. Um, casting's awful. I've also got down here, what is the deal with the weird twins? I know. Like, what, I don't, I don't get that, that either. Was that like a shining nod or something? Like, why, why weird twins? I don't know. Um, I've also got a note here that says, so much Eleven from Stranger Things vibes with the... Uh, outstretched arms with the palms open open. mouth like very 11 like so 11 um okay so let's do do you have a favorite scene in this um i mean i like destruction so (laughs) probably just the scene where she's just annihilating everybody yeah that's what i've got i mean the ending the prom scene you can't beat it. Even in this, I thought it was done really well and suspenseful. Um, 
I just thought it was it was good. It was well directed. It was fun to watch. There were some great kills in it. Mm-hmm. Like um that that kill with like the bleachers like crushing the kid, like that was mm-hmm. cool. And then obviously And the way she kills Chris. The, the end with where her car crashes. Yeah. And like she her face gets rammed through the car windscreen. Like that was really cool. I like yeah. that. Um favorite character. I mean, I've got Carrie, obviously. Um, yeah. Have you got anything more to say, or should we do overall thoughts? I think I'm good with overall thoughts. Let's let's hear them then, Ashley. What are your overall thoughts? <laughs> overall <laughs> thoughts. It's a meh movie. Um, yes. Is it a good introduction to Carrie? Yes. Is it a good introduction to horror? Yes. Is it a diet spoopy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> good diet spoopy. It yeah. is a good diet spoopy. Like if I was to put down like a whole diet spoopy like movie <laughs> Top list, 10 diet spoopies. <laughs> Yeah. I definitely would put that one on there. Yeah. I mean, I would put this in my, like, you know, top horror remake list for sure, because horror remakes are usually abysmal. Yeah. yeah. This one, and yeah, this, this one's one. definitely not, not one, it's not just, the worst remake I've ever no, seen. No, <laughs> it's, it's one of the best horror remakes, in my opinion. You know, um, you know, I enjoy it. Is the casting a bit off? Yes. But as a movie, I find it effective. I think it's a good modern reimagining of the classic Stephen King story. Is it unnecessary? Yeah, of course, because you can never outdo a classic. Like, there's literally no point to remake these perfect classic movies. Mm-mm. But in my opinion, this is one of the best horror remakes. Um, it does a good job of paying respect to its predecessor while unearthing like new layers to it at the same time. I think it's a well-crafted remake. Um, and you can tell that a lot of love and care has has gone into it and they've taken from the source material. Um, you know, obviously you can't catch lightning in a bottle more than once, but I think this works. Um, in the words of the original casting director, Harriet B. Helsberg, it's fresh life into something that will always remain a classic. Yeah. So that's the words I'll end this on. Unless you've got anything more to say, we should wrap nope. it up. I'm good. But yeah, uh, so shout out to our wonderful supporters. Field Mouse, John, Nicole, Ryan, Peter, Vincent, Tom, Wade and Ash. And of course, our show producer, Kyle. What up, everybody? Thank you for your continued support. You rule. You can also go and support the show over on Patreon at patreon.com slash horror homeschool. The link is in the show notes. Uh, we've got so much content over there for you to feast your ears on. We've got all our Friday the 13th fan film reviews, including two amazing interviews with the creators. Uh, we've got an in-depth wrap-up to our Friday the 13th reviews, where we talk about the best and worst of the franchise. We've got a two-hour-long spoiler review of Stranger Things Season 4, and an in-depth review of the Mike Flanagan Netflix miniseries Midnight Mass. And we've got our paranormal spin-off podcast, Scary Stories to Tell in the Pod, where we get spooky with special guests retelling their paranormal encounters. So we've got loads of extra horror homeschool goodness. To hear all of that bonus content, head over to patreon.com slash horrorhomeschool. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month, and you'll get instant access to all of those extra episodes. So what's next for the main show, you may be asking? So next month, we have two special episodes 
with two very yes. special guests. We'll be covering Gremlins 1 and 2 with returning guest Field Mouse Woo! and longtime friend and supporter of the pod, Ride or Die Ryan Horn. <laughs> so Ride or Die. Make sure you tune in for those episodes because they're going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that about does it for this episode. As always, go to horrorhomeschool.com for links to everything, including all of our socials, the Patreon, where you can listen to the show and our merch. Send in your comments and questions. Feel free to DM us on Instagram or Facebook, or you can email us, contact horrorhomeschool at gmail.com. Personal social media stuff, you can follow me on Instagram at Chris J. Wakefield. And me, underscore, Babraham Lincoln, underscore. We will be back soon with another episode. And remember... They're all going to laugh at you.